This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Psalm 114 says this, when Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of a strange language, he is the psalmist. The psalmist is going to, he is, he's, it's, a, it's not a long psalm. In fact, it's a very short psalm. And it's probably one, one of those praise songs that doesn't have a lot of verses or very long verses. But what it brings up is of such great importance. And remember, the great story of the Old Testament. When I say the great story of the Old Testament, <clears throat> It is the general story of what this is about. God creates man. Then he finds a man of faith or someone of faith to to place his purposes and his will in their life and through their life. And then he finds, and after Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Jacob's uh, sons, he places his his purposes and his will to reveal himself to to the world in them. And then, as always, they're sinful. They end up in captivity. We're captive to the world. We're captive to Satan. And then God delivers us from that captivity in a miraculous ways, in unique ways, in, in, in different ways each and every time, from Noah's Ark to, to, to Daniel in the lion's den, to bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and just story after story of God delivering, God providing, Ruth and Boaz, you just go through them. It's God's, it's God's story of revealing himself, placing faith in another, in someone, that, that person acting on that faith, trusting God, and seeing God's very best at work. That is the story of the Old Testament. And it's presented so that when Jesus comes, you realize that you have the culmination of the story, that he is the fullness of God. He's the fullness of the presence of God. And, and so with him, we don't have to continue to fall back into captivity and the darkness. We have complete deliverance, and we can move forward and walk in, in the fullness of God and his truth continually all the time. This psalmist wants to, he wants to, he wants to nail down that point. He wants to explain, he wants to praise God really for God's ability to deliver, for God's ability to win in the fourth quarter, for God's ability in the bottom of the night to hit the home run, for God's ability when all seems lost to do great and mighty things and provide and reveal who he is. And so it says here, when he's, he's setting the tone, this is, I'm going to talk about when God delivered us from Egypt. I mean, that's basically what verse one says. Uh, he delivered us from Egypt, from a people of a strange language, people who, who worshiped the strange gods. He delivered us out of that. What did he do? He said, he said, Judah became his sanctuary and Israel, his dominion, meaning God went from them being slaves in Egypt and captives to bringing them to a whole place where God could literally dwell with his people and where he could literally have dominion and have a kingdom of his own. Now, remember, that's the Old Testament kingdoms because the Old Testament kingdoms were actually a nation. He dealt with the nations. He dealt with Israel as his 
as his his own people. Today, remember, that's not, he doesn't deal with nations today like that. He will, he does when the revelation begins and the church is brought up. But during the church age, the kingdom of God is not in nations. The kingdom of God is in the hearts of men. That's what Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21 teaches us. Jesus said, you can't see it in a kingdom. You can't see it in a capital somewhere. There's not going to be somebody ruling somewhere. He says, he says that the kingdom of God is in the hearts of men. And that's and that is of the that's the of the utmost importance that you understand that the very kingdom of God lives inside of you that the very presence of the Holy Spirit along with your new human spirit dwelling together in perfection dwelling together in sinlessness is inside of you and even though your heart and your mind wander and even though your heart and your mind have have been marred by sin your soul has been your soul has been led away by sin even though that's going on and even though that happens in our lives the holy spirit and our new human spirit are fast at work revealing god's will and his purpose and doing what god does for us and so you can trust in that and then i'll obviously uh, they battle against our flesh and, and our blood, our flesh that so easily wants to wander away. He says God has set up a kingdom. Well, and in the Old Testament, that kingdom was Judah and that sanctuary and that place of dominion was Israel. But today it's us. It's you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The New Testament says, uh, do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? You're the temple. In the Old Testament, there was a place where they go to, went to meet with God. There was a holy of holies that the high priest could go into. Where literally today, you are the temple of God. You yourself are. And there's a holy of holies in your heart that you meet God in. And that and, and your soul uh, comes to know him and comes to walk with him. And boy, that's a, that's a powerful that's a powerful song. To, that's a powerful story to be told for us. He's telling his story in the Old Testament. And we're going to tell our story in the New Testament. He says, the sea saw it and fled. Notice, God's dominion caused the ocean to, to, to separate. Graves in the garden, that song that we sing some Sunday mornings, um, it mentions this. He turns seas into highways. Well, that's, what this, that's what this does. He does that for us. He does turn seas into highways. He turns graves into gardens. He's actively at work. He's actively at work in a much more powerful way today. In our hearts, he is literally changing people by his very presence living in them. He says, and, and let me tell you something, nothing can overcome that. Nothing can stop that. And so when you see God at work in somebody's life, you need to reach out and grab hold of them. When you see the opportunity for God to move in somebody's life, you got to reach out and give them the truth. Tell them the good news. Tell them that there's hope. Tell them that there's a place to be and there's a place to be a part. Of. Give, give them the good news, the gospel, that Jesus Christ is, is the only hope for life. Boy, that in times like these, there's no better, there's no better message to give. And let me, let me tell you, in the times of prosperity, uh, man wanders off and looks for other things. But in the times of trouble, man always seeks after his, he seeks after some hope. And there's only one person and there's only one place and there's only one, one hope that's available. And that is Jesus Christ. He said, he says, the mountains skip like rams and the little hills like lambs. And I know you're getting there going, what are you talking about? Uh, mountains and, and hills skipping. Apparently, and we get on to the children of Israel about not going up on the mountaintop. 
And, and, and once Moses went up there and he saw the burning bush and God sent him to go get the children of Israel and he went and got the children of Israel, brought them back to that same mountain. I don't know if you know that, but he brought them back to that same mountain. And the reason he brought them back to that same mountain, Mount Sinai, which is a plateaued mountain on top of it, there was enough room for all of the children of Israel to be on top of that mountain and meet with God. He brought them there to meet with him. Well, when the presence and the power of God show up, when the presence and the power of God show up, it's awesome. And it can be fearful. It can be. And apparently the rumblings and the thunder and the peals of uh, thunder that went off from that mountain and the lightning that was seen and the what looked like a, a giant fire on top of the mountain, apparently it was so awesome that it caused the mountain to quake and the hills to leap. And as they're out there in the desert and they're looking at this mountain, it literally appeared like the mountain was moving and the mountain was shaking at the presence of God. And when they got there to that mountain, most of the people said, and and let me tell you something, uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not being negative about them in the sense of they're just a bunch of cowards and they didn't go up on that mountain because it's difficult. And let me tell you, faith, be trusting God and putting your hands, putting your hand and your life and your whole being in his hands and allowing him to be in charge and him to be in control is an overcoming of fear and it's a trusting of faith. And boy, it's hard to do. And the farther we as believers get away from those days when we, we didn't know how to trust God, the more we don't realize that how difficult that is for the younger people, those who are newer in the faith to do that, because it is hard. It is very difficult to trust God. It's a learned experience. It's not something that's natural to who you are. Trusting God or the gift of faith placed in you to trust God is a hard thing. And so we need to remember back when we came to God. Remember the days when we trusted him. I can remember that I didn't want to go down at Normandale Baptist Church because I didn't like being in front of people. I can't. Today, I just won't even go in front of people. Oh, oh, I do. I'm sorry. But I, I didn't like being in public, and I, I sure didn't like public speaking. And, and the truth is that even though I've been doing it for so long and my life seems to have revolved around it, that's not something that I desired, ever desired in my heart to do, was be in front of people and to speak. It, it never was. And God given me the gifts that he's given me, and then the faith to act upon those gifts and to act upon his will and his way has always is a hard thing. And it was really hard back then. And I have to remember back then in those days and the things that were going on in my heart and the troubles and struggles it was. I'm going to tell you, pastoring on Sunday morning for the very first time when I was 26, 27 years old, I, I just, it ate me up every week to do it because I just didn't like getting in front of people like that. And let me tell you, today, God has delivered me. He's shown me things. Let me tell you, the folks that we're dealing with today, to even act in faith just a little bit to trust God, they're struggling with it. And we need to empathize with them because we can. We're familiar with their sufferings because we're like them. And remember, Jesus is familiar with their sufferings also. So we're all working together, understanding that trusting God is a hard, hard thing. And especially when we realize how great God is and what he's always doing and what he's always working in and the big things that are going on. Sometimes we would just like to sit back and watch God work on that mountaintop. But God doesn't want us to sit back and watch. He wants us to join him. He wants us to come up on top of that mountain and meet with him. And, uh, and, and if we don't do that, we miss out. And if those around us don't do it, 
we've got to grab hold of them and help them and struggle with them and hold them in our hands and, and help them through the process of learning how to walk with God and trust God. He says, he says, the mountains skip like lambs and the uh, little hills like lambs. He says, what, <clears throat> what ails you, O sea, that you fled? He's actually making fun of the Red Sea. He says, oh, what, what ails you, O Red Sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back. Now, remember, God brought them not through one uh, body of water, but he brought them through two bodies of water. And the second one, just as scary and just as frightful as the first one, they had to walk through a walk to walk of water on both sides. The second one, they had to walk across on dry land, a river that had just been rushing, flowing at full speed at, at its uh, outside of its banks during the flood time. They had to walk across that, hoping that water didn't come back, because if that water came back, they would have all been killed. They had to walk across at a time when, for sure, if that water came. And let me tell you, people were afraid to cross rivers, and they've always been that. I, I remember that that movie Lonesome Dove or that miniseries Lonesome Dove when I was uh, a young man or maybe even an older teenager and uh, the river scene and crossing the river and how people are afraid to cross rivers because rivers can carry you away and you be dead and nobody can help you because it's moving so fast that they can't get to you. And God is a God who parts seas and he holds back rivers so that you can cross. And for us, that is not, that's, that it's not as miraculous because we've not ha had to experience that. We've not had to have the fear of crossing a, a rushing river on a, on a barge or, or, or uh, on a ferry. But let me tell you, up until 100 years, everyone throughout history has, has been fearful. And crossing an ocean where you can't even see the banks on the other side it <clears throat> has always been fearful. Because what happens when you get out in the middle of it and everything uh, falls apart. Most of the time, what happened is everybody dies. And so there's the fear of death. But in this psalm, he says, God removes the fear of death. And and even Paul talks about that. He says, he asked death where its victory was and where its sting is, because it doesn't have any power over us anymore. And the fear of it doesn't have any power over us anymore. But let me tell you, it does. It has a stranglehold on a lot of people. And it really does have a stranglehold on a lot of people. And they fear all kinds of things. And, and that's why we're here. That's why God sent us. We are his very kingdom at work in the world because he lives inside of us. And we don't walk in fear. We walk by faith. And we teach others to walk by faith. He says, O mountain that you skip like rams, O little hills like lambs. He's, he's, he's making fun of the sea and the river and, and the mountains. He said, y'all are nothing compared to our God. Y'all are nothing compared to our God. He can stomp you out. And he can divide you up with nothing, with just the just the the uh, breath of his mouth, just the movement of his finger. He can do that. And then he says, verse seven: Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord. Notice the earth should tremble at him. He says, at the presence of the God of Jacob, because God is in control. He's in control of every situation, every everything that's going on around us. He is in ultimate control of it who turned the rock into a pool of water. Now, this is getting finally, he, he, the last thing he mentions is God's ultimate provision. When they were out there in that desert, and that's another great fear of history past, is being in the middle of a wilderness or a desert and not being able to find the water and perishing because you thirst to death. And let me tell you something, in the millennia past, it has always been a great fear of man to find themselves in a place where they couldn't reach water and they thirst to death 
and they die. But you know what God is? God's a God who can turn a rock into a pool of water. And that's what he did. Uh, Moses struck the rock and the rock gushed water. And by the way, that rock is Jesus. He is the rock. God does. God, that reminds me of that song, that old hymn, Rock of Ages, Cliff for me. He is the rock that provided water, provided the sustenance, the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit, the water. He provided that. He said, and the flint into a fountain of water. That's what God does. He provides for us. And in the midst of what seems to be nothingness, he's always there. And in the midst of what seems to be nothingness, he can provide us everything we need. And that's who we that's who we are. That's what the kingdom of God's all about. And let me tell you, nothing can get in the way of that. Nothing can stop that. Nothing can change it. And uh, nobody and no no change in kingdoms or powers or principalities on this can stop God because God is actively at work glorifying himself through his people and building his kingdom in the hearts of men. And there's hope in that. There's faith in that. And there's power in that. And we ought to walk in it today. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.